1: Hey, this is Chris Jericho, and you're listening to the Shout It Out Loud cast. They're going to give you a reason to live, make you feel like you're the king of the mountain. And when it's all said and done, they're going to dance all over your face.
2: Oh, yeah. We got some good looking girls. Oh, yeah.
0: Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode number 43. We're calling this one. Just leave me alone, master, or I'll be back at the front of the line at the local sanitarium.
3: (laughs) Tommy Zeus, how are you? How are you? I'm great because this is just another Patreon pick that's just doing my work for me. I mean, I, I, I'm loving these Patreon picks. I love uh, it.
1: Fucking bullshit.
3: Zeus is pissed. <laughs> they have, Dude, that's they have
1: like three in a row for you.
3: They, it is three in a row. The only dud was Cinderella.
1: <laughs> fucking bullshit.
3: Regardless,
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is the Patreon pick. Uh, it yep. came down to Master of Puppets and a couple other ones, and Master of Puppets got a little bit of uh, a challenge there for a little bit, and then they Perfect. just ran
3: away yeah. with it. Yeah, we have w- we say this all the time. I mean, obviously the Patreon people uh, only get to see the the ones that make the poll, but we got. I mean, we got a ton of great picks. Obviously, we got a ton of picks that were like, "What are you guys doing?" But we we got a ton of great ones, a couple multiple bands, different albums from the different albums from the same band. Uh, But once Master of Puppets became a submission, we're like, oh, we got to throw this in the poll. So, yeah,
1: well, here we are. But before we go forward, we go backwards. Last time was my pick. I had taken Purple from Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, Tom, I know we did a poll. What was that uh, result?
3: Yeah, we did. Uh, So always the four songs that we choose for the to make the poll we had vaseline big empty interstate love song and unglued interstate love song runs away with it at 49 percent vaseline at 31 big empty only getting 12 i I was surprised by that unglued comes in at eight but again i think it just shows you how good this album is that an that a song like big empty gets 12 percent of the vote you know what i mean i mean any other album would have been a, a killer Uh, Everybody writing some comments about how much they really enjoy interstate love song.
1: Tom, also, before you move on, uh, we have a new number one song on ARC. Oh, please announce that. You said it. Interstate love song. That's right. So between the three of us, that's it. It's because (laughs) there's always one of us that fucks up a song. We rarely will have it as a top 20
3: for each of us. Right. And I
1: think this is one of the few
3: exceptions. Yeah. No, it's true. A couple comments from Twitter besides the poll. Our buddy Tony, who does the intro for ARC. Oh, yeah. Who cares? Uh, he says, Wow, Zeus finally picked a good record. And Piss Zeus off. responded, and then Zeus responded with, please don't ruin stone temple pilots by liking them <laughs> our buddy wally vidal currently listening now great pick one of my favorite bands this album ranks number three in their discography he has core at number one and then their fourth album at number two that's not a good album wally but that's okay yeah sunny Pooney for the doors love what well, do we all love the doors yep. so uh stay tuned. and that might end up making this the arc that'd be a, that'd be a fun one Uh, David Holmes, many reasons I love ARC. Was never a huge fan of Stone Temple pilots. I went and gave this album a listen and have changed my tune. Awesome pick. And then I love these are my favorite comments. Marvin Carter, it sucks. All of it. (laughs) (laughs) And on that bright spot, that's it for Twitter. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Marvin must be a Lizzie Borden fan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: God.
1: Our buddy, Jeff. Don't call me Ronnie James Dio Kinsley. (laughs) Great choice. Zeus, top effort by STP. I'm glad I got to see them live. Yeah, me too. Jason Warden, great episode, but a great album. I'm with Tom. I do like Core better, but both are spectacular. I never got the Pearl Jam comparison, but did with Nirvana. With STP, I had finally accepted hair bands were done. But y'all nailed it with them having the KISS elements, which made their transition easier. I believe that was Sonny that said that. Mm-hmm. It's funny how much snob, it's like Rolling Stones always hated KISS. But the influence on bands like STP and their peers was truly undeniable. Mm. Yep. Oh, no. Kevon Japson.
2: Mm. Oh, boy.
1: Lots of nostalgia with this one. It's a decent record. Half excellent, half okay. Unglued is by far my favorite STP song ever. A banger. I also love Pre Penny. Super cool song. Vaseline is awesome. And Interstate Love Song is good, but I'm fatigued by it. So overplayed, but for a reason, I guess. Uh, Our buddy John Whiteman. Interstate Love Song is fact perfect. When it came out, the way he whistles the the S on scenes. Bugged the shit out of me. But now it's the essential part of the character of the song for me. Sort of like the bass drum pedal squeaking on since I've been loving you. Mm, Great album. Great episode.
3: Great reference there with the squeaking drum pedal. It's awesome.
1: That's a Zeppelin Chronicle listener. That's right. Uh, Over on our loud casters page. John Clifford says, yes. Yes. And my band has a great cover of Still
3: Remains. Ooh, all right. That's right. John Clifford, he posts pictures all the time of his gear. He's got quite a little gear room, pedals and bass and everything. And I like it.
0: Yeah, the mistakes are stuff left in albums. If you remember uh, Live Plus One for F- Fraley's Comet, yep. Ace is doing the rip it out solo and he hits that one bad note yep. right, right in the beginning of the solo. And I can't listen to rip it out the normal way without hearing that like bad note. You don't have
3: to worry about it because he can't hit any notes. <laughs> right. Yeah, he can't hit any note now. That's the point. <laughs> now you look for the one note he got right. <laughs> exactly. He's he's now it's he's he's doing everything you love now, Sonny. Every note's out of whack. Fucking <laughs> wow! <laughs> it's been bad. All
2: right
1: on on Instagram. Uh-oh. violently lopez i love core but stp took it to another level with this album and silenced a lot of the critics in the process my best pick for the album is still remains which i feel is one of the most overlooked song of the 90s here's a shout out for sunny radio chaos foo is poo couldn't agree more stp are on another level well done mates Oh, Enough with the foo poo stuff F you foo poo And over on our YouTube page Cody Brunette 3547 This is the first ARC episode that took me A few days to get through I can listen to AIC, Nirvana, Foo Fighters And a little bit of REM STP is one of the few bands Where if the song isn't on the greatest hits album I can't
3: listen to it Wow Okay That's rough that's All interesting. right, yeah. over to you guys. Sonny, you got an email to read? Yeah, so the
0: email I got is, uh, well, from Penelope Red, depending on who you believe, who that is. <laughs> um, so it says, "What a nail biter! Uh, often talked about, and i now finally reviewed. Uh, except it didn't quite go like I would have guessed at this episode. As this episode was going, listening to how their musical chemistry was being discussed, I was almost shocked how much." I mean, Poony seemed to, (laughs) yeah, nice, uh, to have liked it, which is why I'm just as much of a fan of their side projects, talk show and army of anyone. Is that,
3: are those SDP side projects? Yes. Army of any uh, army of anyone. They got a great song called goodbye. A couple a couple of, I think the DeLeo brothers might be in that one. I thought Sonny might
0: even be the hero of this particular review. Then came the album rankings. Very disappointed. This is clearly the best album you've given a review, but Sonny had to be Sonny. I will tell you there's more on the uh, email, but let me answer that part first. Okay. We've, we've reviewed some albums that I've lived with my whole life and listened to probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. That ain't one of them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Although it may be my favorite Stone Temple Pilots album in whole, that doesn't mean it's going to end up ranking in my top 10. It's right. just that I'm not a huge, huge fan to where I'm an uber fan. That's why it ends up Yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Zeus came in and played the Savior. Uh, even though it was his pick, I wasn't expecting a number one ranking, which was definitely earned. It is better than Core, which I also love, but No Memory is basically an intro, and Wet My Bed is a throwaway track. The worst mistake made is that Still Remains is a top three track. You guys fucked that one up. Nope. Maybe after a few more what years, you'll hone in your ability to rank albums without needing a
3: Mulligan episode. Bye for now. The love for Still Remains. I mean, it's a, it, I mean, it's a good song, but wow. A lot of comments about that. Mm-hmm. All right. And we'll finish up a nice long email. Funny story here from our buddy Scott Greer. What a great episode. I've always loved their material, and there are subtle things in some songs that set them apart from other acts of the era. I have a funny story. I was a police officer for 20 years, and I worked at an STP concert. I was fired up because I had never seen them, and I was assigned backstage. Before they were to go on, someone from their staff came up to me and said, Hey, can you move away from here? The band is about to come on. There was more than 30 feet from where I was to the closest wall, so I moved towards the front of the stage. A few minutes later, another guy comes up to me and asks if I could move as the band was about to come out. I look behind him and I see Dean, Rob, and Eric standing there, but no Scott. I told the guy that I am not in anyone's way and there is plenty of room to hit the stage. He doesn't say anything, but he's looking back towards the dressing room. I asked him if there's a problem. He says, Scott saw you out here and he doesn't want to come out. At that point, I laughed and I told him, I don't care if he's holding anything. I don't care if he comes out and shoots up in front of me. I'm as big of a fan as he is and I'm going to see tonight. So tell your paranoid lead singer to get out here and let's get this show on the road. He walks back to, he, he walks back to the dressing room. A couple minutes later, here comes Dean and Eric Rob walks by and winks at me and laughs. Scott follows about a minute behind and never made eye contact with me. I straight down and he's led by a handler. It was a great show though. I was ticked that they didn't play anything from the Shangri-La-Di-Da album, which is yeah. severely underrated. I like purple more than I like core and thought they progressed as they went along. Damn shame, drugs got in the way, but that's been said about countless bands. Scott, that's a great story, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And that's feedback for Purple. Well, we move from
1: what's considered grunge to now thrash. I almost want to say, Tom, tell us about your pick, because it's basically your pick, but this is a Patreon pick. and. uh Since let's go in order as we usually go, why don't we go with Sonny master of puppets? Want to tell us how you, uh, uh, got introduced to this.
0: Yeah. So as people know, I grew up in the Bay area, went to high school in the Bay area, um, lived in the Bay area most of my life. Overall, I'm a Metallica fan because you had to be, if you lived in the Bay area. Um, I went to, I was in high school between 83 and 86. So You know, I'm seeing metal your ass up your ass shirts. I'm seeing the ride, the lightning shirts. They're starting to show up kind of everywhere. And then every day you would see like more and more Metallica shirts. It was kind of weird. And then, you know how you have clicks in a high school. If I was hanging out with the stoners, they're listening to Metallica. If I'm walking by the quad, the hacky sack guys are listening to Metallica. If I'm over by the bike racks, And the Vietnamese guys are playing volleyball. They're listening to Metallica. And I'm like, okay, normally when you walk by this, you don't hear the same music. And they were like almost connecting with everybody. So a friend of mine gives me Ride the Lightning, Kill Them All. I didn't like it. Initially, I just didn't like it. It was probably at the maybe end of 85-ish. And I was listening to Rat and Whitesnake and Kiss and this stuff was like, yeah, that's I can't listen to that. I don't I don't understand. All the shirts are cool, but whatever. Then I got a shot to see them live on the Master of Puppets tour, June 86. Mm-hmm. So they're opening for Ozzy. This is Cliff is still in the band, right? And um, Hetfield has not broken his wrist yet because a couple of, I think it's about a month later, yep. he breaks his wrist, right? skateboarding (laughs) yeah and i'll tell you i immediately understood the love dude the Mm. energy in that room and hearing some of the master of puppets songs in that room whether the songs were connecting to me or not the energy was right and metallica blew aussie off the stage like this is this is the phil suzanne jake randy castillo aussie and it's not a bad aussie but they're doing ultimate sin and know yeah. Ozzy's Ozzy so it doesn't really matter but so after I d- got done seeing the show my first Metallica purchase was Master of Puppets I wore the hell out of that album that album is I don't even know where it is it might be in pieces so mm-hmm. I had to get the cd when the cd came out Nice I still got my original cd
3: nice yeah, so for me, um, I mentioned this many, many times on ARC. I have a sister who's four years older than me and introduced me to all kinds of music from Prince to White Snake to Journey to all these things and Master of Puppets. I remember she had the cassette and I remember being drawn into, first of all, the name of the band. Second of all, the name of the album. I mean, what a fucking, out! Al- what a name for an album. And then, of course, the cover. Now, at the time, I was... Listening to a little bit of Aussie, little bit of Judas Priest, but it was mostly Def Leppard, Motley Crue, that kind of stuff. You know, some MTV, the hair metal stuff. I I was not into anything. Probably the heaviest stuff I was listening to was like Aussie, you know, Diary of a Madman type stuff. I had no idea. I knew about Metallica, but I had never heard anything from him. So I put the cassette in, and I hear battery, and I'm like, what is? What? What? I, like I had never heard anything that fast. I I didn't know what I was listening to when it was. I was just like, this is a thing. Like this kind of music is a thing. And I kept listening, and then the title track comes on, and then each song sounds a little different, but the energy, the power, the volume was like I never heard anything else that uh, like it in my life. And Master of Puppets hooked me, and then like Sonny. In high school, uh, I was in in grade school when Puppets came out. I was in high school when Justice came out. Justice hooked me in even harder with one and just the sound and the anger and the vitriol and and Hetfield's voice on that album. And you started to see, I mean, I went to a a school where you had to wear like a shirt and tie. So there were occasional days where you could wear T-shirts and there were some metal heads and. I remember some kid did come up, come to school with a metal up your ass shirt and he was sent home or told to wear it inside out because it was a Catholic school. So uh, people started talking about that more. And then Justice has the video for one. And it was like, OK, Metallica. And then, of course, the rest is history. I mean, I've seen them a bunch of times. I, I got tickets for the 72 Seasons tour and, you know, they're right right there with Kiss for my favorite band. But Master of Puppets, I think, is the uh, I think it's probably one of the albums that a lot of Metallica fans maybe at a young age got into.
1: All right. Uh, first time I listened to this whole album was uh, when I first got the CD a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, uh, I I've, I've said it many times. I didn't like Metallica. I didn't like Thrash. I just didn't like the music. Yep. I Metallica grew on me when I listened to one. I liked that song. Over time, I would hear a couple tracks from master puppets but i never got into it i didn't get into anthrax i didn't get into megadeth none of those bands really appealed to me i liked the melodic stuff and so when metallica was starting their rise i ended up buying the black album because it's it's just undeniable you can't for me because they came i feel towards me not i went to them Yep. If they kept on that trajectory of like what they were doing, Master of Puppets, probably never would have uh, jumped on them. And then I got into Load Through You, and I liked that album. So now I've got two albums that I'm like, okay, I like. Uh, I've had Injustice for All for a while, and I liked one, but I never really dissected that album. So Metallic has always been like, okay, respect, but I never got into them. And it's a a matter of just not just them. It's just thrash. I never got into thrash. And so this is kind of like the first time I've listened to it. And, yeah, these songs are all foreign to me, with the exception Mm -hmm. of Master Puppet's Battery and Sanitarium. I never heard any of these. So this is all new. And it's interesting to see the Metallica I know. Versus the real Metallica that everybody else knows. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's the old kiss in the elevator. Where are you coming on? There are people like Sonny that came in in the 80s in the non-makeup. So they kind of gravitate to that. And like, why the fuck? Like, this is the era that it's the best. I'm kind of feeling the same way. I, I like load in black. (laughs) Like what's wrong with that? And so it's interesting, but this album certainly got played a lot in the last couple of weeks. So um, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what we all think about this.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I picked load early, early on in ARC and I did that for a reason because I'm a diehard Metallica fan. I love everything about them. Um, and that's an album that I, I wave the flag for Load and Reload. I don't care. And I know a lot of people hate it. And I know it's a controversial album. And I thought it would be an interesting discussion. And I thought it was. I thought it was an interesting discussion because there's some killer songs on there. And there's some songs that kind of suck. And I, I figured let's do something kind of off the beaten path you know, for that. Um, but now we're back to the basics here. And uh, so by the time you guys hear this episode, you will have heard the Zeppelin Chronicles episode on Zeppelin 4. Now, for me, this is, the, I'm not speaking for everybody out there, this is for me, for me, this is what Zeppelin Four is to classic rock, this to Master Puppets is to thrash and metal. It, it, it's, it's, it's an undeniable cornerstone foundational album that you can't like metal and you can't like thrash without liking Master Puppets. I think it's where all other bands come from. And talking about this album, for me, is kind of like talking about Zeppelin Four eight songs all obviously different but i just thought that parallel was different cuz we just did recently did zeppelin 4 again by the time you hear this it will have already released but um for me personally i you know doing these album reviews kind of back and back to back was was really interesting to me i mean you're talking about two legends so um yeah i think it's going to, it'll be there's there's a lot to get into i have Mick Wall's book called Enter Night a biography of Metallica Mick Wall guest on our show here which was amazing and i bought the 30th anniversary coffee table book called "Back to the Front: A Fully Authorized Visual History of the Master of Puppets Album and Tour." It's, I mean, it's essential if, if you're a Puppets fan, uh, if you're a Metallica fan. So th- there's there's a boatload of information here, but like we do with A R C, we try to give an overview and then talk about the music. So, but we will get into the background as we always do. All right, let's talk about the cover, Sonny. You know, I like the
0: the color scheme, right? Because it's kind of like a red, orange, brown kind of thing. Dude, the hands with the strings onto the crosses and then the weeds coming up to make you feel like they've been there a while. Um, It's effective. It's somewhat simple. Like they were trying to kind of go with that whole Holy Diver type of thing, but it's not as complicated as Holy Diver. And the logo looks great. I think the album absolutely fits what you're about to hear. The album cover.
4: Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycon's,
3: bonkers i mean first of all the metallica logo in marble like it's carved out of marble if you look at it closely yeah the dog tag hanging off the center cross the army helmet hanging off the cross to the left uh sunny great observation with the overgrown weeds nobody is nobody's tending to this the clouds in the background almost look like a like a nuclear bomb type thing the hands with the strings, it's just, it's incredibly eye catching and incredibly powerful, especially when you look at the album cover after you've listened to the album and we can get into some details of the album cover, you know, after, you know, Zeus will give us his thoughts and then we can kind of get into the artist and the inspiration or whatever.
1: Yeah. I think the cover is awesome. I love it. I think it, doesn't give too much, but then if you look closely, you do pick up on a few smaller things. But yep. the way the logo is set, the red, and just the the imagery of all those crosses, and you just think of all those deaths, and then there's strings. And then before anybody really said anything, I read about this, I didn't realize there, were, yeah, there are hands up there, aren't they? Yep. Like that. It, it's just an incredible image. I think it's one of the best covers you'll probably ever see.
0: Yeah, it's also interesting. So imagine if those weeds are not coming into the white. So try to look at the cover without the weeds coming into the white. You could mistake those for people. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. So I I wonder if he's drawing it or whatever. And it's like, okay, this, you don't want to mistake it for anything except for what it is. Let me get this thing going up a little.
3: Yeah, good point. Good point. So, like the hands
1: and smashes, thrashes, and hits.
0: That's right. Oh, <laughs> With Stop. the 15 fingers. <laughs> God.
1: How to how to destroy a great album cover in one easy step? <laughs> smashes, thrashes, and hits.
3: So the artist was Don Broadagam. Uh, and if you look closely, buried in the corner in the grass you can see the tiny initials db that he painted in there he's an incredible artist he did uh covers for stephen king books dean Koontz books hg wells he did the album covers he did dr feelgood the razor's edge anthrax persistence of time he did the album cover for the payback by james brown the the original idea came to him from metallica themselves and then he kind of he kind of took it over there's i so i have the i have the master of puppets uh Box set and inside is some like sketches and artwork. The original hands almost had like women's fingers with like fingernails. This looks a little bit more creepy. And they and they they comment on the fact that there's no fingernails. And they try to say, well, that's because this person is supposed to be wearing gloves. You know, like a yeah. Like a pu- I assumed like, it was gloves, like a puppeteer. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a puppeteer. The original sold at auction for thirty five thousand bucks. Uh, it's legendary. It's iconic. Uh, Metallica is one of those bands that never, early on, never disappointed with an album cover, whether it's the Electric Chair and Lightning or the Lady Justice with with an uh, Injustice for All. Later on, when they get into Blood and Semen and all that shit, they kind of screwed up. But early on, they had some killer, uh, uh, killer album covers. Let, Let's—I I do want to flip over, or at least for the vinyl, flip over for the CD, open up. One of the things I remember about this, again with the cassette, is looking at the band and being like, "Fuck! I don't listen to any bands that look like this. Like every band that I listen to right now looks semi pretty. These guys all look like just like I don't know, bums. <laughs> yeah, I mean they just like I, I and I, I couldn't. And then that picture that that picture of Lars playing you know the fisheye playing at the stadium i was like fuck i don't listen to any bands like this so i just remember seeing that and being like holy shit and then you put it on and it's like okay now you know why these guys look the way they look
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember when i first got this uh got the album and the cd so in the cd at disposable heroes that picture of Hepfield right there yeah it looks a little hair model that's uh, a little yeah. teased up right there. Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? He's, but he's by the time it. you get to the back, it's not as teased up. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: All right, let's get some facts. Metallica, Master of Puppets came out March 3rd, 1986. It was produced by someone named Fleming Rasmussen and Metallica. Who was it almost produced by? Paul Stanley of
3: Kiss. Geddy Lee of Rush. Ooh. Oh, worlds dude, collide
1: dude that would be the ugliest group
3: photo <laughs> I think of all
1: time <laughs> oh man oh,
2: anyways right. go ahead
1: yeah so this is unfortunately the last album with cliff burton mm. it it became the first metal recording to be selected by library of commerce for preservation in the national red uh recording registry and uh that came out right before i think bang tangos third album i believe <laughs> dancing that, on
0: Coles, yeah Oh,
1: you know the
3: name <laughs> he knows know. the album title
1: <laughs> i think that got in um uh, inducted right after master of puppets okay it went to number 29 on us billboard it's number uh it went 6 times platinum rolling stone has his 167 greatest album of all time and then they moved up to 97 or 197, I can't read that in my writing, in 2020. And uh, number two for Rolling Stone's greatest metal album of all time, uh, Martin Popoff, fellow Pantheon yep. uh, member, says it's the best metal album of all time. And Guitar World has as the fourth greatest guitar album of all time. It's just some of the many, many accolades of this album. Yeah. And it's quite funny that in the last couple weeks we did basically the trifecta of the like what's considered the greatest three albums probably of all time. Metallica's Master of Puppets, Led Zeppelin Four, Peter Chris out of control.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Peter's the best album out of those three.
1: (laughs) There's nothing better than puppets. When you think of Black Dog (laughs) opening Zeppelin 4, Battery opening Master of Puppets, and then then the producer, whoever the fucking genius is, goes, Peter, I got something better than those opening up by myself. You open with that, you're going to blow people's minds.
3: Uh, So Sonny hinted at this, and we can't talk about Master of Puppets without uh, talking about Cliff Burton. I love Metallica. Uh, they're they're they're. I mean, Kiss is part of my DNA since almost birth. But Metallica is a band that I consistently listen to all the time. According to my Spotify statistics, they're the number one band that I listen to all the time. Cliff Burton, to me, is my all-time favorite bass player for them. His influence is undeniable on Lightning and Puppets. And it's crazy because Burton was so interesting because he loved Leonard Skinnerd, but he was. Into classical music, he loved Johann Sebastian Bach, the real Sebastian Bach. He he would wear like bell-bottom jeans, smoking butts all the time. He was a metalhead through and through, but his 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 influence, and he was regarded as like the most quote-unquote mature of the band. And you can really feel that on this album, like lyrically, compositionally, the way a lot of these songs are structured with their solos and their breakdowns, and his death. The fact that they survived it, not only that, not only survived, but came back bigger than ever. Um, They were in Sweden. The bus rolled off the road. Burton was thrown through a window and killed instantly. And the story goes that before they took their bunks, him and Kirk Hammett kind of drew cards to see who was going to take the bunk. And it's just a, a chilling story that, you know, because of the car that Burton drew, he got the bunk. Stories say that the driver reported that he slipped on ice. Some people think he fell asleep or he may have been drinking because they when they looked at the accident scene, they couldn't really find ice that would have been responsible for it. But Burton's legacy, you know, lives on with, with this album and you know those first three albums, especially, you know, Lightning and and Puppets. But yeah, I, I just wanted to I just wanted to bring that up because I just think Burton is just he's just fucking untouchable. I love Jason Newstead and Robert Trujillo is incredible too. But I think something about Burton and, and what he brought to the band. Let me mention something that you
0: never hear anybody talk about. Okay. Okay. So he dies on the bus, black ice gets thrown out. Nobody thinks it's weird that they were opening for Ozzy and that's how Randy died on a bus. Nobody thinks that's weird. I do. I do. I would never be around Ozzy the rest of my life (laughs) if that was the case.
3: Didn't I thought Randy died in a plane crash? No, yeah, but it was on a bus. They flew into <laughs> oh yes, a bus,
1: and they and the airplane clipped the bus and fucking oh, then went yeah. into the barn. On and that. it was I, in I,
0: Europe. I totally forgot about that detail. I think, no, wait, it wasn't in Europe. It was in the states, right? Yeah, I think it was in the states. But either way,
1: yeah, and rumors were whoever was driving the the plane and huh, the bus were on drugs or yep. something.
0: Yeah. Well, they were doing Coke with Ozzy all day that day. Yeah. The fucking plane guy was all coke up the whole
2: day.
3: <laughs> I just thought that
2: was odd. No, that, Nobody that, ever
3: that, says anything about it. It's kind of a creepy connection. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And you brought and you brought it up, Sonny, before we get to the tracks. I just want to talk about the, the the tour briefly. You 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 I mean you saw the tour. I mean, let's t- we talk about Kiss in their stage setup. Metallica had this album cover on stage. Yep. They had the crosses. It's fucking insane when you look at it.
0: Yeah, and the weird part about it is, like, I went to, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, (laughs) Tony and I saw Striper, and then, like, a week later, we saw Dio, and (laughs) and it was Murray comes out and felt all satanic, and we bolted because we got a little scared, right? But with Metallica, even with the crosses and all that, it didn't feel like demonic it didn't feel like you were praising no because satan. i no, that because, wasn't
3: really it right because the purpose of the crosses was not it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be about it wasn't supposed to be like jesus on a cross like a church thing That's it was right. it, yeah. it was it was used to memorialize like fallen soldiers based on the cover so you're right it had a different appeal it wasn't like oh satan exorcism cross yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah but that whole thing I who started it was it
1: fucking Mustaine or Metallica? Because they there was that all. I mean, remember I didn't listen to Thrash or get into them, but they all used that imagery of dead soldiers and war and
3: Slayer did it. In, Sl- yeah. Slayer was what? real real heavy with the death and the war and the violence. Yeah, yeah, because so, the
0: Thrash is supposed to be against the band. It's supposed to be the angst and what's wrong in government and.
3: You know all that yeah. kind of shit. Megadeth, Megadeth got super political, and they got even more political as their albums continued. Metallica, I mean, even if you listen to "Ride the Lightning," I mean, it talks about the destruction of Earth and and the death penalty and 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 religious wars. And then you look at we will get into the top. Warren
1: we'll, was doing the same thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah of course it was. <laughs> yeah, when we'll, we'll get into the subject matter of this. I mean, I think that's another thing you you segue into this is the the intellect of this album. They weren't talking about Dungeons and Dragons and spitting blood and demons and stuff. They were talking about, like, I mean, the the name of the album, Master of Puppets, manipulated by a bear in your
1: hand and toes in the sand.
3: Yeah, it wasn't that either. (laughs) Exactly. It's right. And it wasn't like phony, like, like, shout at the devil, like (laughs) Motley Crue. Ooh, shout at the devil. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I I don't know. But. That's Vince. (laughs) Brad. (laughs) Yeah, we haven't heard from him on Twitter in a while. No, Maybe, come back. Maybe, you know, we need him to come back. That Vince is out of breath. I'm telling you right now, I shouldn't say this <laughs> out. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say this out loud, but I have to because I love our listeners, and I know this is a horrible thing to say. <laughs> oh, and if no. I say and if I say it, it's probably gonna happen. But I'm really surprised that until now somebody has not created a Cliff Burton's ghost Twitter page yet. Jesus so. <laughs> Christ.
1: Yeah, because people will be upset. It's not like he was a unlikable guy
3: he was like he's he's beloved
1: to this day still yeah all right well we've got eight tracks to get to and let's start with the opening track here it is
0: So, obviously, it's acoustic to Onslaught. You just heard that. You know, the intro, to me, kind of feels a little bit Spanish guitar. Like, the first time, if you don't know anything about Metallica, you put the song in. Dude, about 38 seconds in, you probably get startled a little bit because it kicks in. And then at 107, you probably drop dead because it goes to, like, breakneck speed. So, it kind of it felt like this you're going to get this orchestral symphonic band to like garage rock. It was really, it's a little weird. Uh, I remember when I first heard this, Lars drumming felt off to me. Like when they go fast, I'm not a drummer There's, I don't know if the drums are too loud. I don't know if he, it can't be wrong. He's a drummer and they put it on tape. So there's something about the offbeat or the time that is messing with me when it's fast, when it's, Slow down a little bit in these songs. It sounds great. So i it, that's just got to be my ear. Uh, I told you guys I saw this live. Dude, the energy in the room and battery was going shit. I mean, if Hetwild would would have said, kill Zeus, there have been 2,000 people on Zeus. Like, it would have like, been bad. Um, James sounds great. Uh, the musical interludes. This is why, for those folks that know me, I absolutely hate Thrash. I cannot stand Thrash. And these guys are right at the edge for me because those musical interludes, there'll be a earworm every once in a while. It's not always just thrash that completely uncontrolled, unhinged guitar solo. Kirk Hammett should be given Vinnie Vincent lessons. You can sound great and bumblebee and crazy at the same time. And it could fit the song like it. I don't. It's just the band's still fresh. They're raw. They're hungry. I don't understand the lyrics. Never have. Battery is a street in San Francisco. I figured it was about the street. I don't know. Right? But uh, awesome opener. O- awesome opener.
3: Yeah, as I said earlier, this is the very first song I ever heard from them. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, for, first thing, go, going back and listening. I know there's a lot of people, including our buddy righty from part of the hell who waves the flag for ride the lightning, which is a fucking incredible album. But the big thing that separates lightning from puppets. A, the production of puppets, specifically the drum sound and B, Hetfield's vocals. Hetfield is very squealy and shrieky on the lightning album. I think his vocals are way more controlled, a little bit of a lower register, more of an angry growl. There's still some of that high, some of that shrieking, but I think he's more. I, I think you, you. This is you're starting to hear the real Hetfield on puppets for me. Talking about Lars's drumming, I don't think he. I don't think there's a problem with his drumming. I think the problem is for me. I don't think our ears naturally enjoy the sound of that thrash drum. It doesn't. It just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. It sounds. It sounds rushed, and I think the thing too is just when your brain and your ears are catching up to the beat of battery, he does a drum fill and then it kind of starts all over again, or he does like a little interview or he hits the floor, Tom, or he does something. You, you, your mind is you're, you're listening to the guitars, the lyrics and your mind is at least because for me, at least the the drums kind of bring you through the song. That, that aside, you're, you're talking about Kirk Hammett, fucking an absolute clinic on this album, an absolute clinic monstrous clinic on this album. If he can, if if there, if there is such a thing as being controlled and chaotic at the same time, that's what Kirk Hammond is on this. And right there, an absolutely blistering legendary album opener right here.
1: All right. Battery written by James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich. Supposedly in what I understood was it, he was defending his family, his thrash metal family, and getting yes. protective versus the glam metal family. Yep. And that's what the meaning is supposedly. I don't know. I didn't catch that. But Rolling Stone says this is number nine in the top 10 Metallica songs, best songs. Uh, Kerrang! puts this at number five. Revolver, number four. Loudwire, seven. Billboard, number four. This is fast and loud, but it actually has got a melody. And I, I, the thing that I I I I started realizing is as the albums grew with Metallica, I liked Tedfield's voice better. He yeah. got a more of a bass in it, like you were saying, Tom. So I, I enjoy this. I think it. What separates Metallica, I think, from the other thrash bands, at least from what I've seen and the thrash songs that I've listened to they can do it, but they can have some melody in it and they can have like the song is still good. They could make all these songs acoustic and they'd still be great songs because they know how to do it versus everybody. Yeah. Versus just, so I'm not a thrash guy, Sonny. I've never been. I'm like you. I, I, they like, they're like, I have to overcome not liking thrash to listen to this. Because the first thing I did after I listened to this a couple of times, I called Tom. And I'm like, I know this is cheating, but I can't deal with this drumming. And just like you said, it's the dun, 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 dun. it yep. feels like somebody's like, I'm, hey, asshole, I'm trying to listen to the song and you're fucking hammering in the background. Cut that shit out. Because when it gets into like the chorus stuff, it's fine. But it sounds literally like it's too loud. It's like dun, 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 dun what the fuck is that banging it's not pleasant so i don't know how hard that is i assume his his fucking arms might fall off if he's still doing that shit these days but that's not very pleasant now the other thing music um the music on all this stuff and there's different segments almost like prog all of a sudden this is like an acoustic all of a sudden it picks up now it's fucking thrash and then all of a sudden they'll go off on a different tangent now this happens throughout this album i've seen it uh with earlier metallica stuff but not so much as they got better as their songs got shorter thank fucking god i don't understand why bands do that they'll come off in the middle like the middle will be a completely different song and i'm always like okay that's a nice little melody groove why did not you just make another song out of that? Why do you throw three different good little guitar things into one song? Stick with the one fucking song and 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 finish it out. But there's a lot of that stuff. And it's distracting for me because, I, I mean, I, I can't remember which interlude that belongs to. Is that on Sanitarium in that middle part? No, no, no. That's Battery's middle part. Oh, is that like... There's just a lot of moving things. And I think I'm not trained well enough to understand thrash or Metallica. And this is the first really thrash Metallica album, right? Because I wouldn't call black and listening to Lowe as anything I need to train to. So this is just a little different. I will say I like the song a lot. It's heavy. It's hard. Uh, I'm not too big a fan of him going, battery. (laughs) battery." Yeah, the pronouncing. (laughs) But it's a good song. And how many of those other thrash bands can, can do this? I don't think many. And there's a reason why they are really the kings. And I don't care how much the other three bands, like, oh, yeah, the big four. Nobody's even close to them. Nobody's close to
3: Metallica. They well, You you hit, you hit the nail on the head, and I was going to talk about that eventually. The thing that separates Metallica, even a song like Battery, there's melody. There's a melody. The song is a 1,000 miles an hour, and there's melody. There's a chorus. There's, there's me- and and we'll continue through the track listing here. The, the melodies become even more pronounced, and thankfully, I love Battery. And there's another song that's similar to Battery. I'm glad the album is not eight batteries. I don't want that, and thankfully, it's not. And yeah. it, it's it's the exact opposite. It's eight completely different songs, with the exception of one that's very similar to Battery, which we'll eventually get to. Obviously. When they get into like the building of the chorus on this, yep. That's the the music
1: and the yes. vocals is just yep. different. It's melody. You get into yep. that. You like that part where it changes up. It yep. isn't just bah, 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 right. throughout, right? Yep. Yep. So, all right. There's a title track coming up that I think we all know.
0: Master of Puppets, Chop Your Breakfast on a Mirror, drug addiction song, Uh, the only single. I would say that if you know a metal fan or a prog rock fan and they've never heard Metallica, this is probably the song I start with. Because you get ballad, you get heavy, you get thrash, you get classical piece. It's all kind of mixed into one. The Starts and Stops on this song are incredible it's got a great hooky chorus james sounds angry which just really fits this song now for all the things i said about lars in the first uh the first song when he slows down a bit which this is slowed down just a little bit then it sounds fine and during the verses where the guitar melody's playing off those two snare hits he's doing dude like i'm air drumming snare hits as i'm driving like that's so at in that pocket, there's got to be like a beats per minute that it's like, Lars, draw the line like right here and don't do like over that, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Breakdown at 334 and then that master goal from ear to ear. That's what I'm talking about with the earworms. You didn't get that in Anthrax songs. And I get it. We got friends in Anthrax. I get all that. But you just didn't get all that. Um, that first solo is done by James. It's okay. Dude, the solo at 550 is off the chain. <laughs> Kirk is in a new place. I think when you hear that people don't like Kirk Hammett's playing, I think what it is is they don't like it fast because it's not neoclassical. So it can't be fast because you know it's just thrash fast. That's like it being punk fast. Dude, I don't know anybody in punk that can play like that, right? And then the laughing at the end. Just perfect topping on the cake, pie, whatever you want to call it. One of my favorite eight-plus-minute songs ever. Like this, Maiden and Metallica. They get a break for me on the long songs because it's not monotonous. And um, I absolutely love this song. I, I loved it from the first day I heard it.
3: You perfectly said. that. That's the gift of Metallica. They can take an eight-and-a-half-minute song and they take you through you you go through like a journey it's not it's not it's not boring it's 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 it's, re- it's reminiscent of two of my other all-time favorite bands stuff that zeppelin does stuff that rush does but the way the song opens that first dun dun dun, dun it, to me once the song gets going it is fucking untouchable the the riff this this Tickles me where I when it comes to my my it, it, it's the perfect tempo, it's the perfect riff, it's it the, it's got a bridge into the, one of the most incredible choruses you've ever heard in your life. I mean, master of puppets. I'm pulling the str- It's just and then and then the breakdown, and then it comes right back. And I'm sorry, any solo where the lead singer introduces it when Hetfield screams "Fix me," and then. Kirk Hammett just takes over and just becomes possessed. It's uh, we could do an episode on this song if I wanted to. It's just, it's just that friggin' magical and perfect. Master of Puppets, written by all four members, are
1: credited on this. So, Hedfield, Ulrich, Burton, and Hammond. Somehow, I think it's because of the whole Stranger Things, uh, Eddie Munson scene. Oh, yeah. Yep. It made it back up the charts to number thirty-five on Billboard charts. Yeah, <laughs> you never expect. Yep. Uh, song the songs about something controlling you, drugs and all this other. Uh, you know, I never heard of Metallica being drug addicts. I always thought of them as being drunks. But like you mean, you mean
3: you mean alcoholica? Yeah. That was the, that was they nicknamed her in this album.
1: Yeah. Yep. So I didn't know they they this was about drugs. I just thought it was about the military industrial complex and all that other shit. That's why I thought Master of Puppets was. Uh, VH1 had it's the third greatest heavy metal song. Martin Popoff has his number two. It's his five hundred metal songs of all time. It's a uh, t- song number two hundred fifty six in Rolling Stones top five hundred songs number two and one hundred greatest metal songs by Rolling Stone.
3: And uh, it's in old school. I forgot that part. You do you really oh, remember yeah. that? It, when, oh, when, yeah. in the van. when when he kidnap when when Will Ferrell kidnaps the guy in the van, yeah, yeah, yep,
1: yeah. Um, the the changes in it makes this tolerable versus a lot of these other songs, but it, they're all still like fucking eight minute songs. I I'm not to the point where I'm like, oh yeah, no problem. I, I don't know. I I I can respect Kurt Hamid's guitar playing, it doesn't do anything for me. I, I've listened to events sevenfold and I listened to that guitarist go nuts. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And that's my ear. Like I hear fast guitar playing. I love it when it's nice and clean. I love it. Where all of a sudden in the middle, he will break into this like little like ditty classical stuff or the stuff that he does on one and things like that. I love the slower stuff, but the speed stuff doesn't do it for me because I see a lot of these thrash guys do speed. And all sorts of different moves. It's it's not Vinnie Vincent. It it's not all over the fucking map. This is much better. I'm just saying. I I th- to me the fast doesn't impress me when he slows it down and still plays those beautiful notes because he has a wonderful tone. I fucking love it. That was what I like a little bit better. All right, now let's get to song number three. Mm-hmm.
0: That should not be. So after you get your head beat in on the first two songs, then you start to realize on this third song, like the over, overall production is better than the first two albums, but they still don't have the big Bob rock punch yet, right? That this it's the production is not exactly perfect. Cause at times it even gets tinny and even on the remastered one, it's still a little tinny at times song is heavy as fuck. It's got that cool chugging riff. You know, they were trying to get their Black Sabbath out here, the slow and creepy songs, probably a little more metal than it is thrash, especially when you, you know, compare it to Padari, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, The bass was was loud in places, which was kind of cool because it was a little bit different. Guitar solo is amazing. Here's my problem with this song. It got boring because now this one didn't have all the dynamics of the first two songs. So I renamed the song. The thing that is not as good as the last two songs. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah this has always been the song that, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll eventually get to rankings. I mean, it's it's on puppets. It's Metallica. I love it. It sounds great. But they threw it in here in the track listing because it is—it's a, is a massive change of pace. It's heavy, it's sludgy, it's Sabbathy lyrically. It's based on the uh, the 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 Chulu, however you pronounce it, the the mythos, the stories by H.P. Lovecraft about a scary monster, which is supposed to be, which is the thing that should not be in this. Metallica references this too on the Call of Cthulhu from uh, Lightning on Ride the Lightning. The one thing that I think is kind of creative for this, because the song is based on like a monster story, I like Kirk's solo because the solo is kind of like it's like it, it, if you're listening to the the type of a song and the lyrics and what he's singing about, his the solo is kind of like scary and like odd and and, and it, I think it fits the vibe of what they're trying to portray in the song, so I think that's kind of cool. But it's just a heavy plotting Metallica song. I mean, it's on Puppet, so I love it, but yeah, it's not battery, it's not puppets.
1: Uh, The Thing That Should Not Be written by Hetfield, Ulrich, and Hammett. This is a what Tom would call a plodding song. Yeah. I- I'm like, what is this? A fucking sea wolf? A fucking <laughs> monster? A Kraken? What is this? Like, I, I have no idea what this is about. And I'm like, oh, are we into Dungeons and Dragons? I didn't think Metallica was Dungeons and Dragons and sorcery and underground creatures and fucking.
3: Kirk Hammett's the monster guy. He actually has like a gallery, and he has monster themed oh, guitars, and he has like horror classic, movie poster classic horror posters yeah. and stuff. So this is this is him. <sighs> the song is just—it's a tough
1: listen. Shadows is rising <laughs> immortal like what the fuck like the riff itself is fine i think there's a part in the side and i'm like dude is he saying aren't Baru"? I'm, not... I'm pretty sure he's not but <laughs> it's out... uncle owen Aunt yeah, Baru? Yeah. <laughs> it's out for ruins yeah. that's the lyrics and i'm like I kept hearing, I'm always thinking like, oh, where's the Aunt Beru song part coming (laughs) up? Um, What is the thing that should not be? And I'm just like, fucking acing in this song. What else is the thing that should not be? Because uh, you can think of a million things, what it should be and what it can't be. But I, I don't know this. It's not bad, but it's certainly a letdown from what we were just listening to. Yep. And again. Six minutes and 36 seconds to, to tell us what's going on in the song. I feel long. I feel I feel like I'm becoming Sonny, this grouchy old man that bitches about song oh, You weren't a grouchy old
3: man <laughs> you were grouchy I, old man I, way before me. I like what's how he says, says I'm becoming <laughs> I'm, I'm becoming a grouchy old man if you you notice, that way. That okay. was me.
1: If you notice my notes. I started writing the fucking length of every fucking song <laughs> on the side. Like
3: why it's on Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, but I'm not looking at Wikipedia while I'm discussing you, this with you guys. That's the point. Oh, I I'm do. Say, I'm oh, saying I'm that I'm, I, I like, it was getting tedious to me. Like how fucking long is this song? Good yep. Lord. And all right. Some of them you can get away with, but there's some, unfortunately you noticed this one. You noticed a little bit. So let's go to track number four.
2: we oh,
0: all right so you get the metallica ballad great riff i like the guitar uh, melody at the beginning with james vocal tone on this song so in the beginning he almost feels less angry and that it feels he feels bad for the person that's in the situation they're in and then it gets angrier as the song moves on which is cool you get a little vocal harmonizing in the verses finally thank you metallica uh, the chugging that's at like 3:47. I forgot that, uh, when I was listening to this album the other day, I realized I kind of heard, uh, Iron Maiden after I heard Metallica. So when, when I was listening to Iron Maiden afterwards, Metallica kind of got me into the whole, that chugging, the fast riffing, mm-hmm. uh, the dual guitars, two guitars playing, they're playing fast. That's kind of what got me into Iron Maiden to begin with that whole gallop and all that. Dude, they're earworms. Just leave me alone after the first verse. Then you get that beautiful metal metal music melody. Then the second time on the second chorus when he says, just leave me alone, you get into a super chug, right, uh, into that great bridge. This is like a, I label it a dark classical music. That's basically what Metallica ballads are, dark classical music to me.
3: And this is exactly where you can where you get the Cliff Burton inspiration here. this song is is uh, i'm already I'm already getting angry at the ranking process later on here. I love this song and it's in it's an incredible story that he's telling, whether it's a first person story, and the way it starts off, it's so dark and so depressing and so sad as the person is singing about what life is like inside this sanitarium and then when it flips. And you got the best right hand rhythm guitarist in metal with fucking James Hetfield and the chug, the king of the chugging riff. And when that second half takes off, again, Kirk Hammett into another planet with the solo. But I feel like I feel like the song, I feel like the beginning of the song is the guy in the sanitarium talking about how horrible it is to be in there. And then I feel like once when the song flips and goes into the fast, I feel like that's them trying to either escape or cause a riot or some kind of uprising in the sanitarium. And the song was kind of inspired by one flow of the cuckoo's nest, which is obviously about what kind of happens inside that sanitarium there. But I think this is just one of the, one of the great Metallica songs. And I love that it's a two parter. It starts off very, very classical. Like Sonny said, very melodic, very peaceful, very ballad, like, and then it just blows your head off in the, in the second half with it. It's just a really, really excellent song from them.
1: Welcome Home Sanitarium, written by Hetfield, Ulrich, and Hammett. Uh, I This song is a song that uh, I probably knew from this album before I bought this album. I, I've always liked it. It's a, a beautiful song. And this is the type of music and stuff and uh, type of song structure that I don't mind when Metallica does it. It's It's awesome. This is what I think Megadeth can never pull off, or Anthrax, or 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 Slayer. This is a beautiful song, and it works. Uh, I love the guitar. I love the vocals on it. The story, the 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 bridge when he starts going to fear of living on. Oh yeah, that shit is just again. It musically they're just a, a step way above any other thrash band to be able to do this natives getting
3: restless mutinies in the air
1: yeah it's just it's it shows why even if you don't like the band or like thrash you're like i like that song i like them and you can appreciate and respect it because the song is just really really fucking good so yeah that's uh welcome home let's go to uh the next one
2: Service, my
0: sting, Disposable Heroes. So, probably the fastest song I would think on this album. Not sure, but it's one of the faster ones for sure. You still got a little bit of a hook, though. You go metal to like thrash in 35 seconds, then to lightning speed at 120, then to a different pace at 130. You know, so the dynamics are definitely there. I like the verses. I I do like that whole back to the front and the entire chorus is great. That whole like soldier boy thing in the middle, not too keen on that. There's something funky about that middle part. I'll just label it as the pre-chorus. Um, great guitar solo, although it's a little more controlled. And then you got kind of the live type ending at the end. So, you know, for a workout playlist, a great song. For a sexy time playlist, you may injure your partner like this.
3: But maybe not good. I don't know if Metallica is in the bang zone. <laughs> 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 Disposable Heroes, honestly, if it wasn't for Master of Puppets uh, or some other songs in the in the Metallica catalog, this song is this is to, this is top five Metallica right here for me. It's it's relentless. It's crushing. It's the, the, the thing I love about this song, Sonny said it before you get into the main tempo, the song doesn't know what it wants to do. And again, I'm going to use the term controlled chaos. It starts off brutal thrash, like, like battery. And then when it gets into the tempo, that chugging is, I don't know how James does it, but one, a couple things I love about this after each line in the verse, Lars does a little mini drum fill. It's not just dun, 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 dun. It's just, he'll, James will sing a song. And and every little drum fill is completely different than the previous one. I I find that so interesting. You got that awesome bridge. Sonny doesn't like it. The soldier boy is so whatever, but the chorus, when it, when it starts, you will do what I say back to the front. And and then that part where the music kind of quiets down and James just screams, I was born for dying. And the ending, the way the way the ending you think the song is over and they're like no, we're going to bring back that drum that military march, that Metallica like thrash military style march and they're like and then when it finally ends, you're just like you're just exhausted. It's a fucking brilliant brilliant Metallica song. Uh,
1: disposable Heroes, uh Hetfield, Ulrich and Hammett. Uh all first thing comes to mind is back to the front. <laughs>
3: exactly. Is you will from, do what I say. From,
1: is that from Animal House?
3: God damn it. Tuck in those pajamas. Back to the front.
1: But I I like the song. Again, it's a little too long for me. But it's fun. It's, it's interesting. And this whole, like, I never ever can imagine us talking about something like this in any other album review crew beats per minute the only time that'll probably ever get caught and talked about on this show is because of metallica beats per minute it is just fucking (laughs) and it it, sometimes it's a little distracted but i get what they're saying like fucking speed and and the fastness like it it just (laughs) i feel like well i i we put this one up to 11 then well, why don't you just really come go to 10? I mean, to 15, to 20, to 30, right? Who's going to keep going faster and faster and faster? Doesn't mean it's better. But when you add the speed that they're doing and what they're singing about and adding like earworms of him screaming at people back to the front, the title's called Disposable Heroes about like just fucking all these good young people just being led to their death and they're heroes, but they're disposable. Fuck them. Send them in the front. Send them in the front. You know. And unfortunately, this is throughout history. This is what happens. But it's the you add the lyrics. They've got something to say. The music is there. I just wish it was a little shorter. But it's a good song. All right. <laughs> Anybody up for some leprosy? <laughs>
0: Messiah, heaven forbid we have a mid 80s album that doesn't talk about fucking TV evangelists. Like I, every goddamn album. I think even Bango Tango had it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least the, the lyrics I understood, because some of these lyrics I don't always understand. These were a little more straightforward. Hetbills obviously singing Angry, which is great. This song's a little more metal than it is thrash so that's kind of cool and it's like an anthem to like get people super riled up where I got the problem is you got you got this good song got this great album at times yeah it's a little too long in the tooth somebody's got to tell them either cut the songs down but don't do stupid shit like end the song wait a second and a half two seconds and then do two more notes like what are you doing Right. But then I realized Hetfield and Lars are 22. Hammett's 23. Cliff is 24. They should be fucking producing an album anyway. Right. Somebody should be stepping in and go, dude, don't do stupid shit. You got serious <laughs> stuff. Right. Don't do stupid shit. So the ending was a little weird for me. This song's okay to me. I'm just, I'm over the TV evangelist songs I every mean, fucking time. We got a CD coming on in the mid 80s.
1: You don't, I don't like it. Wait, wait you, you don't like Miracle Man from Ozzy?
0: It's a great song, but I, I'm over it. You know what I mean? <laughs>
3: I don't care about the lyrics. I mean, it is what it is. I just think the song fucking rips again, a different, a different pace. It's it's not battery. It's not puppets. It's not heroes. It's a different, it's a little bit slower, but not as plotting as the thing that should not be. I I think the lyrics are kind of funny. Send me money and you'll get a better seat. Like, I think it's, I, I just, I think it's funny. And I think it's kind of weird too, that this was inspired by David Bowie lyrics from Ziggy Sardust. That's where you get the term leper Messiah from. First of all, Can we talk about the titles of these songs? I mean, whether or not you like this, whether or not you like these songs, listen: uh, master of puppets, disposable heroes, leper Messiah. I mean, come on fucking. You got to love it. It's Metallica.
1: Uh, Leper Messiah written by Hetfield and Ulrich. Yeah. You mentioned the whole David Bowie thing. I guess a couple of them were real big Bowie fans. I like the song. I think it's funny. I like the way they say leper Messiah. I just, I just, it works, and maybe it's because you're right, Sonny. It's more metal than thrash, yeah, and so it's more accessible for someone like me, and plus, it's only five minutes and 39 seconds only.
2: Oh, <laughs> I so
3: think it's got, a good you, song. So you guys are going to love the next one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. The Bane of Sonny Pooney's Existence. <sighs> An eight-minute instrumental is next. Here it is.
0: Orion. Okay, I got it. I, I got some stuff to say about this. Uh, some of it may surprise you. So, yes, the composition is beautiful at times. No one's happy that Cliff is dead. Nobody wanted him dead. And I get it that I am an asshole for saying this, but nobody needs this. <laughs> Weird bass sounds. Another fucking instrumental. There's only eight songs. The middle Pink Floyd shit. Fucking... Basically, in my mind, what you're hearing is four separate guitar riffs that were never full songs to an unused guitar solo, then the two more unused guitar riffs to another unused guitar solo to a fucking bass solo for no goddamn reason, and then end it with another riff nobody's heard. So basically, we Frankenstein from the cutting floor of shit that they using or finishing Then it hit four minutes in. You get your hopes up that the song's about to end, but nope. we got to go for another fucking four minutes. So anesthesia pulling teeth was a waste of fucking time. I'll kill it all. But thankfully, that only lasted four minutes. Then we had to sit through eight-plus minutes of the call of the cockle-doodle duo or the fuck it was on Ride the Lightning. And now, (laughs) Orion, nobody needs this. The band owes me 22 minutes of my life for those three fucking instrumentals, and I'm talking four years on for pain and suffering. Four years in 22 minutes. This band owes me. This fucking song sucks.
3: <laughs> this is coming from the guy who picked Bullet Boys on ARC. Anything and Bullet Boys and has sing, ever done and, and is And sings the praises of <laughs> Shoot the preacher down. (laughs) Tango, Tango is better than this. All right. Well, this is why I love this show. Okay. We we know. God damn. It just upsets me. We know that Sonny hates instrumentals because he's a simple minded man who can't (laughs) handle complex (laughs) musical compositions. I love instrumentals. I love this instrumental. It's my favorite Metallica instrumental. They do a lot of them. I love them all. Uh, I like them. I like that this has the little menacing little fade in. Uh, this one here is when I really noticed the production of the drums, and they sound very '80s here. Probably because they're kind of they're, they're kind of there's really no guitars going on too much with them. They sound very '80s. That's not a bad thing. I kind of like when it slows down. to get the little whiny part with the bass solo, Cliff doing his thing. Well, I look, I like instrumentals. I, I I I like they they do them on pretty much every album. I don't know. I I like it. What can I say? Zeus was waiting for me to blow up. I know he's happy now. Oh, oh I, I'm happy, too. You didn't disappoint.
1: <laughs> Ryan. it's the instrumental. Burton is credited first with Hetfield and Ulrich. I'm like, oh, this is a pretty nice riff. But it leads me to another fucking thing that I noticed about Metallica that aggravates the fuck out of me. And I'm surprised Sonny didn't say anything yet. Is it me or is it that fucking difficult to start singing within 10 seconds of the opening riff of a song. Why the fuck are all their songs like a minute into it, or at least a
3: minute, the vocals Zepp- don't come Zeppelin ahead. does the same thing half the time.
1: Hey, hey, mama, that's not the same thing. They they right. don't usually go listen, do to
3: when, go listen to When the levy Breaks. The song's on for like a half <laughs> yeah, hour before yeah, you yeah, yeah, All right. God, yeah, that. All song right, all right. <laughs> yeah. That song is brutal. That song is
0: brutal. Oh, here we go. And Sonny goes, that song is brutal. Oh, my God. <laughs> heart uh, version was 10 times worse. No. Hart covered that? Oh, my God. So bad.
1: Oh, yeah. Why would they cover anybody cover When the levy Breaks? That's stupid. But regardless, it's just like, it's just too long. Every song here, can you tell me if there's a song here on this album that doesn't start with the vocals coming in at least a minute late? Nope. Is that is that what they do on their other albums as well? No. No. Like the previous two, not later on, because they, they started going into regular hard rock metal kind of songwriting where the songs are now under five minutes. Uh,
3: then you probably won't like Injustice for All because there's some songs that where the song's like half over before the vocals start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Which> you think this is
0: prog like Injustice for All. It's oh, a God, Yeah, long. you got some nine-minute songs
3: on yeah, Injustice which, for All.
1: Which is why I'm like halfway through this song, like when I'm first starting to listen to it, I'm yeah. like, which song is this? Because I couldn't tell it was the instrumental because all their songs start for like a minute and a half without any vocals. I think it's a good riff. It's not bad listening to it. But Sonny's right. And I said it earlier. Okay, that's your riff. That's your guy. Put a little bridge and end it. Come back to it at the end. Why do you put in 15 different things? Keep it for other songs. Like, that's a good little riff. Okay, that makes sense. Use it for other
3: shit. They use their instrumentals as a garbage bin for unfinished. It's more like, like crap. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. But, hey, how dare you? How yeah, but some of them could develop into decent songs. It's a
1: little bit of a prog rock uh, annoyance yeah. that I have that there's like three or four different parts to
3: the song. And you're like, what the fuck? Look, it's been proven in the past. Sonny hates dead rock stars. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what it comes down to.
0: He does, I love like, Prince.
3: Uh, well, yeah, that's that's different. Yeah, (laughs) this song. You don't like Cliff Burton. You don't like Eric Carr. Eric Carr. These are these these are. uh... God, here we go. (laughs) All I'm saying
1: is, I I agree with Sonny. This did not need to be eight minutes. It just didn't.
3: Where I love this. Where do either one of you have to be (laughs) that an eight minute song is going to (laughs) interfere with your life? (laughs) So in
1: other words, you two losers have no, nothing I, in your life. No, I, I do not. I, I don't, you listen I, to my favorite metallic instrumental, no, and you'll like it.
3: I didn't. I didn't mean that, but it's like uh, you gotta like. Hurry up, get the song. What? So you can. So you can do what?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you got a point. I don't know. I'm go, right. ahead. go ahead.
2: Let's finish uh, it up.
1: All right. Let's go to the last track.
0: So after wasting eight minutes and 27 (laughs) seconds on my fucking life, you wasted another 79 seconds. Oh, my God. I just and basically there were just volume swells. I don't even understand. And then you go to like breakneck speed. I, I was so pissed off from the prior song. I still haven't got over it. I think the whispering gives it a creepy feel. That's cool. It's a very thrash song. You know, you got the Metallica March happening in here, because that's kind of their gallop, right? Just like kind of Iron Man has their gallop, the Metallica March is kind of their gallop. But dude, where this song is saved, one is the whisper. And when Hetfield says, Go and Hammett goes, (laughs) it's like, oh shit. (laughs) That's fucking awesome. So i gave this i was calmed down by the time he said go but that was three minutes and 50 seconds into the song so it took me a while to calm down from orion because i have told myself that if we do something on album review crew no matter how it is hard to listen to i will listen to every second so i was really fucking fired up after orion was done damage
3: damage inc uh you sometimes you hear Metallica fans or puppet fans talk about, or at least I have in the past, like comparing this to Battery because Battery opens up the album, damage, close the album. I, I'm I'm a damage guy. I love Battery. I've always been a damage incorporated guy. I don't know if it's the chorus, I don't know if it's the intro. Sonny, you said it when Hetfield screams "Go!" and then head and then Hammett just takes off. I, something about this song is just a little bit different and a little bit better for me than battery i just think that the the tempo the pace the 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 gallop the chug whatever i i I just i love this one i always have i i I just think this is a standout and i think on an album that is you know so beloved and so legendary i think i think this is like a lost song on this album maybe because it's the last one i don't know but this one is a is a killer for me it's a shorter song that's why you love it yeah yeah well there you go yeah because i can can think uh, Because I got things to do. I got places to go. I can't waste my time listening to music.
1: All right. Uh, (laughs) Damage, Inc., Hetfield, Ulrich, Burton, and Hammett are credited as writing this song. The vocals start at two minutes and six seconds of a five minute and 31 second song. There you go. What the fuck? (laughs) But, yeah, my thinking is like, this is like, it's similar to Battery, but it doesn't have that that movement where you get into the chorus part of battery and the vocals start changing and the, the tone changes too. Uh, this is just pure aggression. Supposedly it's about ranting about senseless violence. Like, this is going to cause some senseless violence. This is an aggressive, <laughs> fucking fast, thrash song. I don't know. I, it's It's okay for me. Nothing special. It's battery light. But It's Metallica. What can you say? So that's the eight songs on Master of Puppets. Final thoughts, Sonny?
0: Uh, In the end, like I said, I like Metallica. Um, Powerful album overall. This is my favorite Metallica album on the strength of the four songs that I really, really like. But Metallica's a lot like Scorpions or Ozzy or Iron Maiden for me. The discography is huge. It's hit and miss. There's stuff I love, there's stuff I don't love, there's stuff I listen to, there's stuff I don't listen to, and it partially has to do with, they love Bowie, they love Motorhead, they love Diamondhead, they love Lynyrd Skynyrd. I don't like any of those bands, right? So these guys are like at the edge of everything that I don't like. It's right there. If I didn't grow up in San Francisco, I probably would have never got into Metallica at all. There, you're kind of force fed into it. And there is some stuff to it. There's no doubt. And I probably wouldn't have got into Metallica until Black came out, right? Until the Black album came out. I said, oh, okay. Oh, well, wait a second. They're on par with some of these other guys. They're doing different stuff now. And maybe I just go, all right. I don't like the old Metallica. I only like the new. Overall, uh, the Big Four, dude. This fucking Big Four. Slayer, the vocal, yuck. I guess the music's okay. Everything about Megadeth is yuck and everything about anthrax is a yuck so it's like the big one and three other guys that's what it is to me <laughs> but that's that's my opinion I, I think it's a great powerful album i understand why people love it i love about
3: half of it yeah so i'm, I'm a metallica guy um you know i love this album I, you know again thank you to patreon because i eventually probably would have gotten to it Bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Um. I just think everything about this album for me as a Metallica fan, I, it's funny. Cause I go through phases and I'm sure maybe kiss fans or whatever maiden fans go through, depending on what I'm listening to, depending on my mood, I'm like, Puppets is the greatest. Nope, Justice is the greatest. These, those, those are my two Metallica albums. Depending on my mood, usually I always fall back onto Puppets. But I love that there's eight songs. Look, I I, I like long songs that that do different things. I'm a Rush fan, Queensrÿche fan. I like that kind of different different stuff. Not everything needs to be Enter Sandman or Sad but True, which are great songs. But this album, I think, production wise, lyric wise, tone wise, I mean, it talks about drug addiction, mental health and insanity, religious war, violence it, you know, monsters, it talks about everything um, to me it's just been a legendary album that I come back to time and time again and uh, it's Metallica, Master of Puppets
1: I'm glad this was picked it's one of those albums that I should have already had and should have already been familiar with so I'm glad I got a chance to do that And I'm also glad that I was kind of uh, got to experience the other more accessible Metallica albums before I got to this. And it kind of helped me to digest this and get kind of used to the Thrash sound. Because I can tell you, like, my opinion on Thrash probably hasn't changed. I I still won't really like it. Um, These guys are the exception to the rule. And there's so many songs. That uh, I can say, "Yeah, I like this one, but there's a lot that I'm just not that it's bad and not that I don't respect people that enjoy this stuff. It just doesn't do anything for me i I just it doesn't work, but anyways, it's a legendary album. I'm glad we got to it, and now we do what we always do, and that is we rank the songs number eight for me is an over eight minute instrumental. Orion.
0: Sonny. Uh, number 18 for me
3: is Orion. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna fuck this up because I like Orion. Uh, number eight for me is the thing that should not be. All right. Number seven
1: for me is exactly that the thing that should not be.
0: Number seven for me is a thing should not be.
3: Number seven for me is Orion. Oh, yeah, you really fucked that up. Oh, I fucked it up badly, baby. Don't mess with me. <laughs> number six for
1: me is Damage Inc. Damage Inc. Uh,
0: number six for me is Leper Messiah.
3: Number six for me, this is where the rankings just uh, just torture right now, because my number six could be my number whatever. whatever. Uh, number six for me is Battery. Wow,
1: really? Yeah, uh, number five for me is Disposable Heroes.
3: Oh, I mean, I love I love every song on this album. So it's yeah. that's that's yeah. I hate ranking us. us. Number five for me is Damage Incorporated. Number five for me is Leper Messiah.
1: Yeah, this is where it's starting to get really tough. What am I saying? Let's Leper Messiah. That's your number four? That's number four.
0: Okay. Four
3: is disposable heroes. My number four is Welcome Home Sanitarium. Oh. Uh, it, I'm telling you, these, these these songs here, it's brutal trying to rank them. It's just like it's not fair. I switched my rankings. But every time I listen to this album, I'm like, nope, that's number two. Nope, that's number five. Nope. Uh three for me is battery. Battery. Three for me is battery, battery. Nice. <laughs> Three for me is damage incorporated.
0: Shit, that was sexy.
3: <laughs> what are you doing tonight? <laughs> damage
0: incorporated. Okay. Hey,
3: hey, Sonny, do you want to see my thing that should not be? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> All right, this is... I'll I'll bring the battery. (laughs) Yeah, nice.
1: Well, this is going to be a toss-up for a lot of us. And number two, I'm going with Master of Puppets. No! They're all going to laugh at you, no!
3: (laughs) Uh, Number two for me is
0: Sanitarium.
3: Number two for me is Back to the Front. Bitches, disposable heroes.
1: Number one for me, sanitarium. I told him to tell him you're in a sanitation. (laughs) What'd you say? I said I was in a sanitarium. (laughs) Remember that from Scarface on the bus? Yes. Do I have that backwards? I may have that backwards.
3: Either way, yeah.
0: The only number one
3: on this list is Master of Puppets. Yes, correct. Puppets, number one. Yep. Yeah, I ruined it for you guys. Nice.
0: So All right, what, we got, so our, what, what do we got for the top four? Uh, top four. Batteries, number four. Collectively. Disposable Heroes is number three. Welcome Home Sanitarium is number two. And Master of Puppets is number one. Okay.
1: All right. Wow. All right. Let's go to album covers. Not my number five is slide it In. Four, Peace of Mind. Three, Appetite, Two, Blizzard of Oz. One Hotel California. This is as f- fucking almost as good as it gets. I'm going just outside top five. I'm putting this at number six. Above Highway to Hell, underneath Slide It In. Right?
0: Okay. Sonny? All right. My top five right now are moving pictures. Rage Against the Machine is number four. Come and get it. Three. Slide it in. Two. Peace of Mind. One. And mine's going to be right outside the top five at number seven, so below Apollonia, but above the
3: hotel they're in in California. Get mm. that? See how it rhymed? You like? Oh, Pool. yes, so good. Yeah. Uh, my top five: number five, Highway to Hell; number four, Moving Pictures; number three, Rage Against the Machine; number two, Blizzard of Oz; number one, Purple Rain. A man
0: lit himself on fire. Do not put this in front of that.
3: Puppets is going number one.
1: <laughs> we have a new number one.
3: Yeah, a man James himself. H- 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 James H- James James Headfield just gave the beep beep to Prince and his little purple motorcycle. <laughs> he just fucking kicked <laughs> Prince down. Cliff Burton just beat him with his bass. Move over,
1: bitch. We're beat we're- it, midget. <laughs> I don't think you can talk to me like that.
3: <laughs> Damn it, you corporate Prince. <laughs> Dude. Prince is the thing that should not be <laughs> beaten.
1: Alright, now we get to the fun part Album ranking My top five uh, Number five, Pyromania Four, Blizzard of Oz Three, Hotel California Two, Automatic for the People One is Purple Where am I putting Metallica? I'm gonna put this See, this is the fucking problem Our rankings are all over the place
3: Because we've done a ton of albums. It's getting, it's so hard. It depends on what mood you're in.
1: I'll be honest with you. I don't like low. I like load better. That's okay. And, but I'm like, I think I like this better than don't say no because it's very top heavy. But I'm like, I can't put it above load. So now I have to put it at number 28, above the bullet boys, at least,
3: Tom. Thank God. Jesus (laughs) Christ. I would (laughs) have. This could have been the final episode of ARC if you had that fucking Bullet Boys album ranked higher than Master of Puppets. Sonny, go break my heart.
0: Uh, My top five right now, Appetites five, four, Slided In, 3, Hailstorm, 2, Purple Rain, 1, Black Tiger. As I said with Purple, just because it's my favorite album from the band doesn't mean it's an album I go back to all the time. And really, I listen to four or five songs on the norm. There's three I never listened to. So this is actually going to end up number 31 for me. So it's 31. It's behind singles (laughs) and above hotel California. And just to let you know, bullet boys is number eight on my list. So master
3: of master of puppets is 31 31. I, 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 I think I need to, you guys might need to find like a third guy for ARC. This is just fucking bonkers.
1: Hey, Sonny, you keep knocking down hotel California. Are you going to catch them? The Eagles when they do their final tour out no, in California. No, not it. No, what? Not but Steely Dan's opening for them. That's why we're
3: going. That's worse. That don't make it better for me. I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't do this anymore.
1: <laughs> me, me, Tom, and Murph enough. are gonna go see them. And Tom jumped in when he heard Steely Dan was
3: opening. I can't. I can't <laughs> do this anymore. All right, my five albums are number five, ten, number four, Rage Against the Machine, three, Shout of the Devil, two, Purple Rain, one, Moving Pictures. Do we have a new number one? The only album out there that could knock off moving pictures is master of puppets. Master of puppets is probably my all time favorite non kiss album. So bye-bye moving pictures. Drop it at number two. It's very, very difficult. It's very, very difficult, but it's, but it's puppets puppets. Yep. Dude.
1: This is where I'm starting to get pissed off. So your top 10 Operation Mindcrime movie pictures and Master of Puppets, all picked by Patreon. What kind of bullshit is that? Fuck our Patreon, you fucking assholes.
3: You don't know. You don't see me. I'll let you in on a secret right now. I have a secret Patreon page (laughs) where I I communicate with them individually. Hey, what can I say? (laughs) I, I, you know what it is? I'm a man of the people. The Patreon, they're, they, they they know what they like. I'm a man of the people. And, and, and of those albums,
1: I think Sonny has them 36, yep. 37, and where's Master of Puppets. 31. 31! Uh, 31.
0: <laughs> I'm keeping it real. Okay. I this, is also the same,
3: this is also the same guy that has Bullet Boys at 8 and Bad English at 14. That's right.
0: So you guys do it by feel. I do it by my own science. So I actually rank the songs within all the other songs, do the math, and that's where the album. We
3: is. used to do that. Now we just have way too I, many. I do it that I way from emotion. day one. I, I'm, I'm not a sunny. Sunny's AI. I'm not, I'm not AI. I, I go by my. <laughs> I, I, I have a pulse. I have a heart. I, I have a. No, no. I'm just saying
1: I just find that shit fucking interesting. I only like doing ARC just so we can get to the rankings and shit on each other. Exactly. Favorite part of it.
3: Yeah. But I also like shitting on myself when I see where I have some of these albums ranked after three, four years. What I think we
1: need to do is at some point we need to do like a live stream and take a separate episode. Yeah. So it won't be an episode, just a live cast where we just be like, all right, we each get like 10 picks. And we can each go down the list and move things, whether it be a song or an album or album
3: cover. I agree. I think that would be blast. What yeah. do you think? I think it would be fun. Yeah, why not? All right. yeah, so Sonny can drop Master of Puppets even lower. <laughs> yep. It'll end up at 38.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't, you, you don't like my album? Fuck you. I'm putting your album last.
3: But, Tom,
0: you're lucky. Because no matter what, it's never going to be worse than Aria.
2: So oh, it does not Oh, come on. You know
1: what's funny? Because, like... That album is probably more accessible, REM type music than other ones I could have picked. So, can I imagine where you would fucking pick those? I know, I know, I know. Right? I know. All right. So, we do this next. All right, you make me rock hard. So my pick this ARC episode is a movie uh, that made me rock hard. (laughs) No, not a porn, but it's called Happily. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it. No. So it's a comedy, dark comedy with Joel McHale. You guys know him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I didn't
1: realize he's supposed to be some stud and like like, throughout the movie, he's got his shirt off. He's all jacked and shit. I'm like, what? is he a comedian? That's Joe Piscopo part two? Yeah, but right. He's all jacked. And it stars him and his wife in the movie. Uh, that's the actress, Carrie Bechet. I don't know if you guys remember her. She was actually in um, Narcos. You guys seen Narcos?
3: I haven't watched it yet.
1: Do you remember the wife of the of the banker? And that got set up with, uh, what's his name, with the mustache guy? What's his face there? Her, that hot, hot blonde. Well, it's just a, a, a movie that sets place, I don't know, somewhere it looks like California or something. And they, they're a happily married couple. They've been together for like 14 years. And they still can't keep their hands off each other. They're, they're all over each other. So it starts off the opening scene. They're at some friend's fancy L.A. house. And another party was trying to open up the bathroom and they just went in there and hooked up and they're fucking around. And the guy's like, Hey, some couples in there fucking some newlyweds or something are in there fucking around. He's like, Oh no, no, that's our friends." Like, Oh, they must be new or something. They're like, no, no, they've been married for like 14 years. They're like, that's a fucking act. No way are they acting like this? Well, throughout the, they're showing is that for some reason they can never do no wrong. They just love each other. And it's like really lustful, and they're all all over each other. And then just one day, who the guy that's in a million movies, and you always can play like weird characters, Stephen Root, shows up and tells them that they're part of an experiment that they aren't normal. Like their friends who are really at this point gotten to fucking hate them. Like this isn't normal. What you're on? I got to give you a shot to so that you know to bring you back to normal because. You guys shouldn't love each other like the way this is. And they're they're like, we don't believe you. And then something happens. And then somehow along the way, all the friends that like them, but hate them because how annoying they are, they all end up in one like bed and breakfast they got for the weekend. And then that Steven Root character is like, like this mysterious guy amongst this. And they think that their friends set them up to do this, like that guy was hired by their friends, it's a fucked up premise. The women, the woman is fucking smoking in this show. I I love her, and uh I thought it was pretty funny. It was an interesting movie. Uh, I think I caught it on one of those like freebie things. It came out in two thousand twenty one. Hmm. It's called okay. Happily. Uh, okay, and it, and it was just something different. I found and uh it actually uh, made me chuckle and uh,
0: rock hard.
3: There you go. Nice. Sunny. Right.
0: so for me it's a movie also mine's a little more mainstream might have seen it The uh, 2015 movies called focus why oh, do it's i know will smith will smith margot robbie
1: oh i think do you so remember yeah. this yeah
0: so the movie is about will smith as a career con artist got a gambling problem in the uh in the past he latches on to robbie who's a newbie and teaches her the art of the con. They do this one major payoff, and they're getting hot and heavy, and you know you think they're going to be together. And Will bounces, and then later on in the movie their paths cross again, and that so there's you know it kind of comes back full circle. I love the con artist movies. I always liked you know it takes a thief. I always liked the con artist shows, the Cat Burglar show. Like I for some reason. Something about that is so clever, and it's just it's kind of an, I don't know, uh, got me interested. So most of the actors, actresses, you won't know in this, but the three you'll know is Will Smith, Margot Robbie, and then Gerald McRaney. Remember Gerald McRaney? He plays the dad. Yep. Um, it's a pretty good movie. It's a quick, probably uh, hour 40, hour 45 watch. It's on all the major networks. Oh, that HBO, sounds perfect. Right. What's it, what's it called again? Focus. Focus. Got it. Yeah. 2015, fairly new. And it's, it's, it's fun. Like if you are a gambler, if, uh, which you are, which I am, <laughs> if you, uh, like that push and pull about two people that love each other, but don't want to be around each other, but can't keep their hands off each other, but don't want to be around each other like that. It's kind of happening that whole movie. And uh, it's pretty cool.
3: Nice. All right. I'm going with a newer TV show uh, on Hulu or FX called The Bear. Oh, Uh, Premiered in the first season, came out in 22. The second season just came out in June. Hits me right in the feels. It's a show about a kid who was this superstar world-class chef, like elite chef, and he had a brother who was running like this place in Chicago that was kind of like a sub shop type place, but dealt with like specialty meats and sandwiches and stuff like that. His brother, this is not a spoiler. It happens right at the beginning. Like it doesn't, it happens before the show even starts. So the brother who owns this place in Chicago ends up killing himself. And the brother, who's the the big f- superstar chef takes over. And <clears throat> it's one of the most incredible ensemble casts incredibly acted incredibly well written the second season really really launches the show into the stratosphere the the restaurant and everything that goes on is just a vehicle for you to get to know these people and to feel for them it's it reminds me kind of like of like the way friday night lights which was one of my all-time favorite shows where like the football was like a vehicle for you to get to know these characters and learn about their lives and get involved in their emotions it's it's incredibly well acted and really well written very touching at times like it it's highly recommend each episode is about 25 to 30 minutes there's a couple of longer episodes in season two but it's a you can bang it out it's two seasons think each season has eight or ten episodes i can't recall but i highly recommend it I i don't think you'll be disappointed it's called the bear
1: i saw portnoy on Twitter, did one of those emergency press calls. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. wrote, I'm out. <laughs> it's too slow. I don't get it. I, what? Yeah, yeah. He did. What? He goes, I tried. I'm out. I'm out
3: of the bear. <laughs> this is also the fucking who just eats pizza for fucking and is, is a billionaire, <laughs> billionaire. So fuck him.
1: No, I'm just saying that. No, I, know. I know. It's in. Not...
3: It's like become like
1: the new in Yes. Uh, series to watch. Yep. Yep. That's exactly. I'm
0: but it's, I look for it. I don't have Hulu and it wasn't on on-demand fx because i do have cable and oh. it wasn't on on-demand yet
3: interesting okay mm. yeah. yeah well check it out if you can get your hands on it it's well worth it believe me so all right well sunny tell us where we can find you
0: uh grownuprock.com is probably the best place you can find me on twitter too uh podcast rock city every sunday just celebrated our 10th anniversary nice uh, congrats so, um, all right yeah, yeah. Ten, years. 10 years wow, wow. Yeah, I've been on it for six. Nice, a little bit of change.
1: Yeah, um, the show went downhill the last two years. For some reason, who
0: fucking Casada?
3: There you go. Okay, the worst
1: that fucking guy. That kid. He's, Why do you a- have him?
3: He's every show's anchor. He just drags yeah. you down.
0: Yeah. Oh, my just God. Straight up. Just <laughs> <Yep>. terrible. <laughs> Nothing good about that guy. Not one thing. <laughs> Fuck him. He's got nice hair, but that's okay. Oh, I don't even know if it's real. I think yeah. it's a wig. It's, it's a wig. Yeah, it's a mop. Good point. Good point. Hey.
1: Trying to take attention away from his nose.
0: Oh, God. Here we go.
3: Trust me, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Ugh. what about us? Yeah, so uh, if you're listening to us for the first time, Shout Out Loudcast, we are normally an all-kiss podcast that drop new episodes every Saturday. We do album review crew with Sunny once a month. Uh, you can check us out on our website at shoutoutloudcast.com or email us at shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. And we're on all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Threads because we're cool and hip. And I don't know what the fuck Threads is. I'm not on it, but we are.
1: You can always email us at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. dot com. Shoutitoutloudcast at gmail Go to the website. Go to him. Yeah, and go to our website where you can look at the album review crew, the rankings, all the albums reviewed, how we reviewed them, and then if you always want to look, you can always see what we've uh, recommended in the "You Make Me Rock Hard" segment. All there for you to peruse and put your comments on. So. What we always do is we like to leave with famous last words. Uh, Sonny, you got any?
0: Keep him tied. It makes him well. He's getting better. Can't you tell? No more can they keep us in. Listen, damn it. We
3: will win. Nice. Nice. Damaged jackals ripping right through you. Sight and smell of this. It gets me going. Know just how to get just what we want. Tear it from your soul in nightly hunt. Nice. Yes.
1: Pounding out aggression turned into obsession. Cannot kill the (laughs)
3: Bataray!
1: Sunny! Tom, Loudcasters, Kiss Army,
0: Puppet Tards. <laughs> don't know. Thank you. Uh,
3: thank you. Always a good time. Master. Guys, great time talking about my favorite album. This is awesome. Patreon, you guys rock. metalitards. <laughs> bullshit. Disposable Tards. Welcome home, Sanitary Tards. <laughs> you guys rock. Zeus, as always, my friend. Thank you.
1: Peace out, Girl Scout. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for fucking
4: dinner, all right? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football